I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hit Me One More Time podcast. I'm David Luzader, here to guide you through this nostalgia reflection show where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger, and we ask that ever-important question, is this good, or does it actually secretly suck? Uh, now, I could figure that out on my own, but you wouldn't want to listen to that hot garbage, me just ranting into a microphone for 45 minutes. So uh, I have forced my very good friend, Nick Sharmuxness, to dive into this with me. And here he is now from uh, Not Chains in my basement. Nick, hello. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I just want the audience to know that I've been listening to your hot garbage for like 13 years. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and I'm okay. So <laughs> that's a relative term. Uh, you, I'm, I'm okay enough. Uh, you may have heard a, a laugh there because occasionally we make someone laugh. And that laugh this week is our guest, the one who has brought the subject to us, the host of the Healthy Schmelthy podcast. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I should have checked you that did. earlier. Great, great. Well, it is none other than Rishi B. Rishi, hello. Hey, David. Hey, Nick. Thank you very much for, uh, for inviting me. Happy to have you here. Yes. Uh, Rishi, just real quick, we'll do, we're going to do plugs at the end, but just in case uh, someone who's listening is not familiar with you, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so I host Healthy Schmelty, a healthcare podcast. Um, it typically is where I'm trying to make sense of and, and try to explain to people like why they need to pay attention to healthcare. And now, of course, in current times, now you can't get anything except healthcare. So <laughs> things have kind of shifted around, but that's the general gist of healthy schmelty. Cool. Um, I, would you consider yourself to be a relatively healthy person? I, I would. Okay, cool. Well, Just to make sure you're able to speak to it. Relatively. Relatively. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious in the in the current climate with uh, the way things are, as you as you said, uh, you know, this will be coming out in a few weeks, but I doubt that the pandemic and all that is going to end at that time. Have you seen like an increase in listenership, an increase of engagement uh, in the current times, or is it uh, kind of just stay in the course as it was? Yeah, and and maybe it's just more people are looking for healthcare podcasts. Not quite sure, but all of a sudden, I found myself from going, it, you know, just. Because, I mean, let's just face it, how many podcasts are there, right? <laughs> um, so occasionally I'll get like um, analytics of where I fall in the Apple podcast rankings. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, as soon as the pandemic hit, all of a sudden I found myself skyrocketing upwards in the healthcare uh, section of the Apple podcasts. So kind of cool. Uh, I would rather there not be a pandemic, just, <laughs> right. just for full disclosure. But it is kind of interesting that listenership has seemed to increase. Well, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, people listening right now, we're not going to be talking about healthcare issues unless we're talking about the uh, the the healthcare benefits of eating mushrooms to change your size or extend your life. Because this week we are talking about Super Mario World. Super Mario World is a platformer released in 1990 in Japan and later 1991 in North America for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. When Bowser interrupts their vacation by kidnapping Princess Toadstool, a.k.a. Princess Peach, 
Mario and Luigi must chase him through Dinosaur Land. The pair, along with the help of their new dinosaur friend named Yoshi, take on the Koopalings to save Yoshi's friends and eventually Bowser to save the princess yet again. Uh, People criticize Nintendo for not really having imaginative plots and, you know... Super Mario Odyssey pretty much had the similar similar plot to this. So, what what can you say? You played them one, <laughs> you played them all. I think whatever energy they would have put into a sophisticated plot went into a drug induced uh, fever dream. <laughs> for this game or for Odyssey? For well, both all all Mario all games. F- you think? Okay, well that's something to discuss, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Before we get to that, though, I want us to just take a moment in the three of us to just lay out what is our personal history with not Mario, because we would be here a very long time, uh, (laughs) but as much as you can, just Super Mario World. And we'll start, of course, with our guest, Rishi. Yeah, so Super Mario World has a special place in my heart. I did not have a Super Nintendo. I had a Sega Genesis and a Game Boy. But um, when I went to college, wouldn't you know it, one of my really good friends, he had a Super Nintendo and a trunk full of all of the key games that I think we all think of when we think of the Super Nintendo. So I promptly just threw away my first two years of college (laughs) pretty much to play and beat all the key Super Nintendo games, including Super Mario World. I was very proud to have 100% of that and get the little star uh, next to your name when you 100% Super Mario World. Oh, dang. So you, you're you a veteran of this in, in every sense <laughs> of the word. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Nick, what about you? Did you ever 100% this game? I don't think I've 100%ed anything in my life. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's a discussion for a different kind of podcast. Um, so I knew that Super Mario World existed. I'm pretty sure I saw it from a distance. <laughs> I don't really remember playing it as a kid. When I was a kid, my um, my sister had uh, an NES, so I'm pretty sure I had played the original Super Mario Brothers on that. Um, we may have jumped over the Super NES. I, I vaguely remember like a random friend from like kindergarten also having one, um, but I basically was like a Sega Genesis, you know, Sega kid. Um, and uh, I missed out on some of those Mario games up until N64 when the Mario 64 came out. So I didn't really have any experience with it, but it, aesthetically, it's not that different from other Mario games. And I do have some experience with those classic Marios. Well, very cool. Yeah, I th- couldn't remember much about this game when we when Rishi first told me the topic. I was like, oh, yeah, Super Mario World. I'm sure I, I played that. Uh, but then once I was playing it, just all these memories were flooding back into my brain. Right. Like I, I remember uh, playing it in Texas with my cousins and I, and I thought like, oh, okay, we probably just played like the first few levels, uh, but I actually ended up playing almost all the way to the end of the game. And there was stuff like in the later stuff. I'm like, no, I remember this. I remember these annoying little rhino dinosaurs that are going to stop right. and blast fire up at me yep. while I'm trying to jump over them. So I had a very extensive history with this game that I have not touched um, probably since the early to mid nineties. So for me getting to play this, uh, you know, we talk about nostalgia on this show. It definitely was a nostalgia trip and we'll find out if it's all just nostalgia that made me play that far, or if the game itself holds up before we get to that though, we're not just talking about our own personal histories. I like to take a moment and just lay out the history of the topic 
Because, you know, a little bit of trivia is always fun for people. Not for me usually, but go on. <laughs> All right, whatever. With the release of the SNES on the horizon, Nintendo set their sights on developing a new Mario Brothers game for the system. Utilizing the new technology that the SNES provided, the developers were able to add new features to the game, such as scrolling, as well as more colors and a fuller musical sound. During the development of Super Mario Bros. 3, Shigeru Miyamoto had wanted to give Mario a dinosaur companion, but had not been able to. With the possibilities of the new console, his dream could finally be realized with Yoshi. The game launched with the Super Famicom, also known as the SNES, in 1990. Despite Miyamoto saying the game was incomplete and rushed to development towards the end, he's also hmm. stated that it is his favorite Mario game to date. Uh, well, yeah, interesting, given that it came out in 1990, there's been a plethora of Mario games since then. Yeah. Oh, there has been, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, that's a... That's also- can I just say that I like that he apparently he really wanted to give Mario a dinosaur campaign like not just like a dog or a cat or <laughs> something more normal. It was like dinosaur made the most sense. Yeah, yeah. It, there's the implication of drugs earlier. Um, it kind of <laughs> leads credence to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these Italian plumbers are going to be given a dinosaur. Yeah, so I he- think what was scarier is if they actually made these games completely sober. <laughs> well, you know, Japan, some weird stuff comes out of there. I've watched anime. Uh, there, apparently, he used to like sketch all like the dinosaur out, and like he had he had drawings of like Mario on a horse. Like that was something he wanted to implement in the old games, but just couldn't. Was like Mario riding something, and that hmm. couldn't happen. Uh, and then when they were developing it, they the first version of Yoshi was apparently very, very like dinosaur and dragon like, and they had to go back and make it the much cuter Yoshi. Uh, which and uh, if I, I pulled up the Super Mario World um, box art, and um, it wasn't just um, Shigeru Miyamoto that Mar- that wanted Mario to want a dinosaur companion. You can tell that Yoshi really wants Mario. <laughs> what his eyes do look very interesting. <laughs> if, yeah. if you look at the picture, he's like he's looking back at like Mario is super happy, <laughs> and he's like Yoshi's looking back, feeling seeming super self satisfied. Like yeah, yeah, this is this is good. Uh, anyway, I digress. Go on. I, w- I will say Yoshi is uh, really fun in these games. And any time that I would lose a Yoshi this time, I would get super bummed about it. Yeah, I, w- I would actually go as far as to say this is my favorite Yoshi in any of the Mario games. Why is that? Uh, you know, there's something about it actually talking. We were talking about uh, if there's a connection between health and Super Mario World. Um, so I revisited, I haven't revisited, uh, Super Mario World since I, uh, since I wasted my college years <laughs> reading it, uh, about 10 years ago, but, um, in replaying it for some reason, the first thing that jumped out at me was when Mario is getting Yoshi to, cause they have like apples and stuff mm-hmm. and, and then Yoshi can eat, uh, most of the villains in the levels. Um, Mario seems to like punch the back of yes. Yoshi's head to get him to throw his tongue out. <laughs> it seems like there might be some health cause for Yoshi. Yeah, that I, I forgot. Like someone had told me that years ago, and then playing it now, I did notice that. Like he he hits him in the back of the head, and Yoshi's like, "All right, cool. I guess I'll just <laughs> my reflexes stick the tongue out." Uh, also, like how did 
did Yoshi like speak full sentences in future installments? Because when I first got it, like was reading his his sign at his house. Yeah, Yoshi has a house. Like he's he's speaking full sentences, and that just that I, I thought Yoshi was just like a Pokemon and said Yoshi all the time. That's a great question because his friends too, when you rescue them from the castles and their little eggs, they're like, thanks for saving me. But as we would learn later, Yoshi uh, only ever says his name much like a Pokemon. So either Yoshi has gotten dumber or uh, he can write and not speak. <laughs> it's kind of a, like a Groot thing because I think in the comics, Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, he would speak. He was like super intelligent, kind of an asshole. And then at some point they just went with this whole I am Groot thing and just rode that train uh, through millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to Yoshi, though, I do want to say I get... Well, I, aside from just like the punching in the back of the head, I do think this is the most pure Yoshi experience of any game. Yeah, because you don't uh, you don't ride him later on, really, and it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, and I think that might be why this is my favorite Yoshi, just because he just is very interactive. You get an extra higher jump when you um, jump with Yoshi, and then you can like do like a kickoff off of Yoshi sacrifice him um, yeah 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 uh, but also that pain of losing him and then you're rushing back as he's running around to get back out of like uh, a friend and I we, we were doing this recently we're, we're trying to run through uh, Super Mario World uh, co-op uh, which oh, has been nice. a lot of fun and um, we were like oh my god get Yoshi oh my god where's Yoshi we're, you're gonna you you killed Yoshi <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's well, and then he can turn all these different colors. I really love too all of like the different, uh, cause this is something you would see like in a later game usually would be like, all right, here's the standard version of Yoshi. And later on, it's like, he can also do, uh, he can also fly. But at this one, like depending on the enemies you ate, you could do some like really kind of neat stuff. Uh, which I also will say there was a lot of really interesting and neat mechanics in this game. And way more secrets than I ever remembered. Yeah, yeah, totally. And with those Yoshi's, that was one of them. Yeah, the, I think it was the blue one can fly, the yellow one can uh, stomp. Um, that, that's all I'm remembering off the top. Oh, and I think there was a fireball yeah. one as well. Yeah, I got yeah. I got the red one at some point because you do like the star levels that you have to like find around the game. And if you if in that, I think I think that's where you get the different Yoshi's. Or maybe there's yeah. other ways to get them. I don't remember. I just have to say that um, I never realized that you could jump off of Yoshi's back. So, like in one of the early levels, there's there you you end up in one of the the pipes, and then there's like the flying mystery blocks. And I kept like getting up on that third block and trying to jump up there and get them, and I couldn't. And I had no like one of them I managed to get like randomly, and was like, well, that's good, uh, and I left. But then I later on I watched like a video um just like seeing how someone else was playing and i saw them do that and i was so mad so you got yeah you got 30 years into your life and never knew you could jump off of yoshi i yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and actually you know i think this it's kind of interesting to me i'm kind of thinking about what you're saying david about the um that this game was rushed um because it felt like the game because to 100 percent it you have to find every um, exit and, and every exit out of uh, out of every level. 
Mm -hmm. And so it seems like you could keep playing it and there's just like new things you could find. Um, and, you know, kicking off off of Yoshi, like you were explaining in your in your uh, in your sad story, Nick, <laughs> like most of my stories going, <laughs> you know, it's not going to like stop you from beating the game or anything like that. It's just like an extra extra thing, an extra capability you find out as you're playing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which is is pretty cool. Uh, and, and also speaking of just some of the levels, you know, most of them are pretty straightforward run here, jump through the thing, but those haunted houses, those haunted houses are yeah. so You're haunted by them. They're so frustrating. <laughs> uh, and the, the music, I have to say, uh, you were saying David, when you're, uh, getting back into the game or whatever, thinking about it, this nostalgia was like, it was all flooding back to you as you're playing. There's nothing that brings me back to like being a 10 year old again. Whenever the music of the haunted house kicks back in, I'm just like reading goosebumps again and getting scared by everything. <laughs> as soon as that bow, 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 <laughs> like kicks in. I'm just like, oh no, someone's gonna kill me. <laughs> Yeah, for me that sound is the the beating the level sound when you jump through the thing. The da 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 oh, da yeah. da da. Like for some reason that is deep in like the the lizard part of my brain. Like that has <laughs> apparently formed me over the years. Uh, but back to these haunted houses. Did did anybody else? Have to look up how to get out of at least one of them. Just me, cool. Oh no, no, I definitely did. There's one in particular. Uh, I oh man, this is like gonna make me such a nerd. But I think it's where they introduce the ghost called Eerie. Uh, I think that's the ghost name. Uh, yeah, nerd points. Hopefully, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I remember that one because in all these haunted houses, they throw doors here and there. And then, but you have to get through the right door, or else it'll just send you back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've definitely had to look up. Uh, that was probably some early gamefacts.com for me to try to figure out how to run through some of these levels. Right. Game facts. Well, now there was there used to be. Uh, I never called it, but I, I have talked to people who have the Nintendo Helpline. They yeah. Used, they used to have a, a phone line that if you got stuck, you could call them, and uh, they would charge you money, obviously. But they, you would have, they would tell you what to do in the part you were stuck on. Yeah, I called that uh, for uh, Lion King on a Super Nintendo, and uh, my friend's mom was charged <laughs> oh, <laughs> somebody. No. And, uh, she was like ticked off, and we just thought we were learning how to beat this dumb level in Lion King. <laughs> oh man, the, the <laughs> Lion King game was so difficult. That game. Yeah. Uh, that's not on the the Switch SNES thing, is it? No, it's a very uh, select. Oh. Game. I want to say it's like something like twenty games, if even that. Okay, yeah, it's probably that's probably like licensed, so I don't even know if they would have the ability to put oh, that up. But if they uh, could, man, I'd love to get that on here one day. For sure. Uh, anyway, Nick, you you've been silent about the haunted houses. Have you been? Has it uh, haunted you deeply? Uh, listen, I, I have one rule in my life and that is I don't do the haunted houses. Um, I, yeah, I didn't get to the haunted houses. Actually, I think I got just before the haunted houses. Um, and, um, 
and I, I agree both that the sound is very familiar. Uh, also, I think as a child, um, I was very easily spooked by everything. Some people say I maybe still am. Um, so when it comes to the nostalgia, I feel from not necessarily this game because I didn't, don't really remember playing it as a kid, but other Mario games like, say, Mario 64, things like the water levels uh-huh. and the haunted house levels um, really messed with me. Like I have very distinct memories of thinking that I was Mario in a water level drowning. <laughs> um, so that's we can unpack that later. Um, but also just I'm... I, as a gamer, uh, and I, there was a period of time where I stopped playing games for like 10 years. So when I got back in, like the way that games are now, besides graphics and all that stuff, like they're a lot more handholdy and I'm a lot less patient. Um, so it, with this game, I think there was an aspect of it that I was really enjoying, but also like not being, not knowing that I could jump off of Yoshi's back. Like it wasn't really, like, it, it, there were signs that were saying, Hey, you can do this or that. Um, but there's a lot about the game that they don't really explain to you. Uh, and I was dying so many times trying to just get from one side to the other. And I think that frustration kind of stopped me from going further. But that's more of a me problem than a mark against the game. Yeah, I get that. There were definitely moments where, uh, I mean, like I said, with the haunted houses, there is no clue. Because uh, sometimes you have to like, you have to go through the false door and it'll send you back. But then you have to like you have to then go through this other door and they'll send you back and you have to go through the first door again. Like there's, you, it basically feels like luck to figure some of these things out. Uh, and there's definitely some mechanics. Like you said, like it tells you like you can scroll left to right. And it's like, that's, that's neat. Uh, also. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, I didn't really ever do that except for like the yeah, one time they told me. Um, also old games in general are just, I I guess harder because of that, because like, not to say that like modern games are all super easy. Like there's some really, really hard games and, you know, I, I will play Mass Effect 2 on the hardest setting and yell at my screen <laughs> that it's not being <laughs> fair. Uh, but there's just something too, but like there was like the arcade mindset of old games where it's like, well, you need to die often. And, uh, and that makes it kind of suck at times. I, I maybe I just suck at Mario games. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I think there is something. No, oh, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. No, uh, cut that out, David. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say I Super think... Mario Dark Souls, and I screwed it up. Anyway, go ahead, Rishi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there is something to that, that maybe because games were, I don't know, there was a primary or larger arcade uh, aspect to the gaming. Um, but also I noticed like in, uh, so I've also playing uh, Super Metroid, as oh, well nice. right now and uh one thing i've noticed is kind of similar between super mario world and uh, super metroid is like conditional saving so in both of those there's only certain times where you can save the game you know um, and now with the virtual switch uh it's basically an emulator you can kind of like create a save state mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i think there is something to that that games back then were harder uh, just in both gameplay and, and just like logistics as well. Yeah. I mean, how often do you remember getting in trouble with your parents when it was like you were in the middle of a level yes. Mario or any other game and there's yep. like, well, it's time for dinner. And it's like, mom, like I'm busy. <laughs> um, and then uh, they turn it off in front of you and then you get grounded because you didn't listen. Yep. Yep. Mm. For sure. Uh, conditional saving. Uh, I am so glad uh, that we have moved past conditional saving uh partially for that reason but also partially 
just like, I, I, it's really nice to be able to save right in front of like a difficult part and mm -hmm. just load that back up instead of, you know, for, for these games, um, I forgot you could create just a conditional save or, or like a, a save state at any point. And I had played through a couple of levels, but then like I had to go do something. So when I booted the game back up, I had to go play through those couple of levels again. And it was, I mean, they're, you know, they're fun levels, but it was still just like a little bit of a slog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Nick, you're saying you're a Sega guy. I have like clear memories of uh, being in the middle of Sonic 2 and then Ma makes the meatloaf. And, uh, like, <laughs> no, I'm not eating, Ma! <laughs> I think Damn it, meatloaf. I think it was... Um, I think it was Yoshi's Island, so Super Mario World 2, the first like Yoshi's Island game, or it may have been like yeah. a, a later one. I remember like I somehow talked my way out of church because like I was I was in the last couple of like levels of the of the game, and I'm like, no, just let me stay home and beat it, and I, Mom, I did. Jesus can wait. Yoshi <laughs> can't. Yeah, I'm gonna find my salvation in getting little baby Mario back to his clan. I don't I don't know. Also, just to be clear, so uh, I, I forgot that there was a sequel to this. So Yoshi has a home on Dinosaur Island, but he also apparently has his own Yoshi's Island. Okay, don't. Don't get into the logic of it. <laughs> no, I, so that's my problem now as an adult. Uh, I, I'm not going to claim to be a very logical person, um, but definitely when it comes to consuming and deconstructing media, especially media that I took totally for granted as a child, like when I was playing through those first early couple of levels, um, there were so many elements that I was just like, why? And it's not like I don't know that Mario is this weird fever dream uh, experience. Um, but it was still just, you know, okay, well, we're, we're done with dinosaur Island and or land. And now we're going to go to donut land, which looked nothing like donuts. I was incredibly disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another, I guess that's another element of like these old games, right? Where it's like storytelling is very light. Um, but I will say that this game did have some super, super humorous moments. Uh, basically anytime you beat a castle, and like the first time you beat it and like you blow it up and oh the castle tumbles and whatever. Like as you go on, it gets a little bit more ridiculous. Like one time Mario goes to blow it up and it turns into like a rocket and like goes and crashes into a hill. And for the rest of the game, the like a nearby hill has like a bandage oh, on right. its head. Right. Uh and at one point he comes out with like a mop and basically like erases it off the screen. Uh <laughs> So even though those moments were super light and not, you know, few and far between, and, you know, that, that'd basically be the story. It'd be like, well, you saved this uh, Yoshi and you beat the this Koopaling, and now it's on to the next one. Uh, and, like, then you had games like, Rishi, you mentioned, like, the Metroid games, which, I, would you even get a story from those games aside from reading supplementary material in the box? Oh, no, yeah. Super Metroid, you know, it's done very smart not to switch games for too long, but um, the way that they do it is um, it, with very small cues, visual cues, and certain landmarks and stuff, it kind of fleshes out the world of the aliens that um, that uh, Samus is playing in. And um, I actually would say that Super Mario World is of the Mario games, because I... More recently, I don't know how many of these games that you guys have played. I've, I've played Odyssey. I'm also playing uh, one, which is kind of some weird Ubisoft Nintendo collaboration, um, Mario Rabbids. Oh, and remember, yeah. Yeah, this, I feel like Super Mario World is the perfect balance of 
small little cues like what you were saying uh david about like uh, you, you you know you you find this koopa who manages the castle they give it a name but that's pretty much it and then there's a little uh you know there's a little exposition once you uh destroy the castle but it's the perfect amount of story there basically is no story <laughs> other than you're like searching for princess peach um the more recent marios they they have like this whole like uh father abusive father relationship between bowser jr and bowser and uh, just just all these like weird family dynamics they seem to have given up on mario and peach giving them like kind of a weird uh you know rom-com story and then mm -hmm. like kind of fleshing out some weird villainy stuff with the, within the bowser clan uh, i think super mario world is the perfect balance i think there's i think there's a little bit to that i think uh and i want to talk about Bowser and his children, nieces and nephews in a minute. We'll get to that because I have some questions um, and possible concerns. But <laughs> I, I think that a lot of older games, you know, we, people tend to just be like, oh, yeah, games on the SNES, all of them were amazing when like really a lot of them kind of sucked. Uh, Nintendo obviously having endured and a lot of those games having endured for various reasons that we're kind of like breaking down as we're talking about now. But it's just like... It, it would think, you know, and I know this is kind of true of all video games, I guess, a little bit where it's like, all right, let's think of the mechanic and then we'll make the story kind of service the mechanic, right? And that's kind of what's mm -hmm. happening here. It's like, it's a platformer, so we need an excuse to have outdoor levels, to have indoor levels, to have ones with ghosts. And like, there's not even an explanation of why there's ghosts in haunted houses and who are all those ghosts of. But I, I think that Nintendo did better than a lot of older games in storytelling simply because they cared to even like include it and maybe even try and you can like really tell like if you go and listen to interviews or read interviews with like with Shigeru Miyamoto and all them like they have a, a deep care for these characters and for the stories that they're telling right and I think I mean I think the, the end result is that the games are just charming like they make no sense like why are there football players patrolling these areas um, <laughs> but it's still and we're now looking at it you know 20 years on or whatever um, but even at the time like now. I can imagine from our childhood selves like it was just immediately charming yeah absolutely uh, now to go back to uh, charming, actually, that's a, that's a good segue here. I do really enjoy the Koopalings. I think uh, the way they've been fleshed out over the years has been pretty fun. But are those Bowser's children, or are they just other of his kind? Yeah, and maybe maybe this is the Japanese making fun of like you know white trash families or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this is what we think. All white people look like dinosaurs uh, with, with turtles, turtle dinosaurs. Yeah, there's some great, like, Ludwig von Koopa is still one of my favorites, uh, <laughs> and I just, I love that his name is Ludwig von Koopa. <laughs> yeah, there's Ludwig. Um, I, I think there was, I want to say, somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, uh, there's an Iggy Koopa, and I believe Iggy is kind of a spiritual connection to uh, Iggy Pop, I want to say. Yeah, I wouldn't be Maybe. so... Okay, so I found, well, here's all of them. I'm not sure if all of these are the ones that appeared in... Uh, in this, I think they were, but there's Larry Koopa, Morton Koopa Jr. Morton. Morton, yep. Wendy O. <laughs> Koopa, Iggy Koopa, Roy Koopa, Lemmy Koopa, and Ludwig von Koopa. <laughs> he is uh, Ludwig von Koopa's the eldest. I'm not just going to read this, this Mario Wiki entry, but I could because, oh man, this is <laughs> like 17 pages on the Koopalings. 
No kidding. Jeez. It's that's it's so funny to me how like these games, you know, that have gone on for years and years and years. And so it's like every time they kind of just add like a little bit more story to them. Uh, oh, there's a really great one. Um, has anybody here watched the uh, the Unraveled series on Polygon? No. Uh, Nick, I know you have because I need you. But yeah, yeah. The, he does. Uh, uh, he unravels like video game things. And they're often really ridiculous, but he unravels like what who is waluigi and it, oh, cool. it ends up going it, it's it ends up being a comedy thing at the end uh but it's it's pretty good and entirely off track of what we're talking about here uh so <laughs> to get us back on track let's talk about i just want to talk about enemies that from the ones we you know you encountered in your playthrough everyone what was your favorite enemy hmm favorite um Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, the, okay, I'm just gonna say the first one that's coming to mind. Uh, it can't be my favorite, but <laughs> let's just say it is. Uh, it's um, uh, so because you know when you get to the harder levels and you start losing lives, you have to go back and get recollect lives and recollect items and stuff. So I always remember the little there's a little shellless Koopa that can fly that has a cape, and so I'm oh, gonna yeah. say that's my favorite one because you can. You can jump on that guy and then get yourself a cape. It's a two-for-one deal, folks. <laughs> it's murder and theft all at the same time. <laughs> uh, Nick, did you have a favorite enemy in the ones you encountered? Um, oh, I mean, the football player was kind of weird. But as far as a favorite enemy goes, nothing was necessarily more weird than the other um so i would say that my favorite enemy was myself because i was terrible <laughs> and constantly working against myself to try and succeed all right that that's that's uh wow that is deep and not something we have time to unpack here on the show uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say for me well i guess i guess this is a boss but i encountered it twice uh so i'll think of like a regular enemy as well but i there's a a wheel of rhinoceroses Oh yeah, that like breathe fire at you, and you have to like hit the bottom of them, but you also have to like jump on the platform before the the bottom of the level like falls out. And for some reason, I just I want to know why that was set up because like the, when you come across the other bosses, like they're you know the the Koopas are waiting for you, like they're put in charge of this castle, whatever. But these guys, it's like all right, so you're just gonna sit here on this wheel. It's gonna go around when Mario shows up. Just start breathing fire at him. Don't worry, <laughs> it's gonna work out. We'll feed you. Yeah. We'll, we'll feed Wheel of rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah, they found him on Fiverr. Can I change my answer, please? Yeah. Go uh, for it. Just because this is on record and being recorded. Favorite enemy, uh, water level. I think it's I think its actual name is Rip Van Winklefish. Oh and yes. It's, it's like sleeping, and then it's super annoying because when you get near it, it starts chasing you. But it's like the cutest thing ever. It's like sleeping, and then you get near, and then all of a sudden it wants to like play it's like a three-year-old basically <laughs> yes those, those those were pretty good ones i do i liked the one that had the ones that had like that extra little bit of mechanic to it uh um, yeah that were were pretty fun you know uh one thing i found was interesting it, whenever you're playing a mario game so I, I just i'm revisiting uh super mario world now after having not played it for uh probably 10 plus years um, and anytime you're playing a Mario game, you can't help. I, I'm sure you guys have a similar thing where you start ranking like which one, which Mario game is your favorite, which one isn't. Um, Mario games, when you haven't played them, 
I think they always feel like work to me. It's like a job. It's huh. like Nintendo gave me a job. Um, and it is, it's, it's like fun, right? Uh, to play a video game. You're playing a video game. Your job is to play a video game. But um, I want to say that I don't know if I would have immediately thought to play Super Mario World again if uh, a friend of mine hadn't wanted to play it uh, co-op over the Switch vir- virtual Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding it's it's feeling less of a job because the way that the Nintendo Switch has it is um, even if you're not actively playing, the other player can kind of applaud and point to things oh. uh, for that for the active player. So it, ju- it just adds another element that has made the whole experience more fun from someone who's 100% of the game. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's really cool. I didn't realize that's what like the, the co-op mode was. Uh, I, I really like that they added that in, actually, and maybe that's how I can trick Nick into playing video games with me. Uh, <laughs> Nick, all you have to do is clap at the screen. Uh, I'm, I'm clapping, but I don't know if you want it in the microphone. Oh, no, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Uh, I remembered what I was going to say earlier when it was escaping my brain. Water levels. Has there ever been a fun water level in the history of video no. games? <laughs> no. Just blanket, no. I don't know uh, if we really need to discuss it because the answer is just no. <laughs> but go ahead and try. Um, I, I will say in Mario 3, you do get a frog suit, which is the which is the by far the best costume in Mario 3. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think like, I think Nick's right. I think they all just kind of generally suck. I guess which is kind of maybe what I was leading to a little bit, but I'm trying to think like Sonic games, it had the most tense moments yes. ever because yep. of the music. Uh, these games, frustrating, slow controls. Uh, same, mm-hmm. same. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time when you're in the water temple Ooh. and you have to wear heavy boots to walk around. And you right. Have, you have to raise and lower the water level. Yeah. Yes. All of it generally uh, is terrible. I'm trying. I, I'm sure Super Mario Odyssey probably had some underwater stuff, but even that probably wasn't super great no and and in zelda too uh it was like hard to see i remember when you're under the water uh mm-hmm. so yeah i i hated that being someone who favored the bow and arrow and the hook shot in that oh. game uh, yeah you're, you're taking me back to, to zelda though <laughs> yeah that's a whole <laughs> other set of trauma yeah uh but yeah mario underwater also yeah exactly the controls are super difficult mm-hmm. uh in super mario world for sure yeah uh I- as I asked earlier, what was your favorite enemy? I'm going to ask, what was your favorite power-up? There's not a, a ton in this game, but I thought each one was pretty distinct and pretty fun. If anybody had a favorite. And uh, why was it the cape, I guess? <laughs> yeah. You could skip over the whole freaking level and just get to the end, basically. Yeah. I have to say, once you like master that, um, it is pretty sweet that you could just like fly over everything. The only place where you're kind of constrained is in the cave levels. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I also um I also had a lot of fun when I sort of along with the cape there's a level where there's the guy and this isn't like an official power up but it's the 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 guy who is throwing stuff at you from a cloud. Uh, yeah. who would later direct you which way to go in Mario Kart. Um but if you hit him and or stole his cloud, you could just fly over the, the rest of the level and that was to me very fun. Yeah. And, and talking about items, I, I thought it was a kind of a cool because um, I think this is the first game. Oh, no, maybe it's not. Well, I think it's the first Mario game 
where you can have a second item and then actively uh, control when you want that item or not. I thought that was kind of a cool mechanic. Yeah. I didn't ever actively control it because I would just wait until I got hit and let the other one drop. But it is sometimes you have your cape in there. Um, Yeah. I'm always a caper. I'm a big caper. (laughs) You're a big fan of NBC's The Cape? (laughs) Uh, There's got to be at least one, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, before we discuss whether or not we think this game holds up, uh, does anybody else have anything else about Super Mario World they want to talk about or bring up? Yes. Um, so early in the game, there is a sign that says, point of advice, the big coins are dragon coins. If you pick up five of these in one area, you get an extra Mario, which <laughs> I feel has so many implications. Like, is Mario collecting clones of himself? Like, it's not, you know, you can get other lives or whatever. Is that you can get other Marios. So is every time Mario falls into the deep, dark pit of despair called my past, you know, he's being replaced by another clone of himself or like there's this like a giant vat of clones and beneath the mushroom kingdom castle or whatever and they're Mm. just turning him out because they can't seem to solve their systemic issues with having dinosaurs steal their people (laughs) huh like maybe it's a star wars connection to like the clones the planet of clones or whatever right it's like it's like attack of the mario clones or something (laughs) maybe maybe this is why peach never goes out with mario because Uh, maybe luigi is the Mario clone that got to grow up, you know, he's like Boba Fett basically. And he, he, and he probably got to eat different food because he wasn't just, you know, popped out like a, a full size Mario. So it turned out that with proper exercise and dieting, he just got, you know, taller and, and more slender than I guess Mario was. No, wait, no, Mario, no, Luigi, Luigi is the proto clone. Luigi is the original. Ooh. And they, mm. they took they took all of his best feats uh, and then improved upon them and made Mario. Mm. Mm. So yes. who's Wario and Waluigi? Okay, well, that's oh. all the time we have for that discussion. <laughs> uh, so before we head on out, actually, before we do the segment that I have lined up and then head on out of here, uh, why, we're going to now ask the questions. We're going to have a moment of reflection. Does this stay in the halls of memory or is it worth playing again today? And we will start with our guest. Rishi, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's worth visiting. However, I would say it's worth uh, revisiting um, in, some, in some form of co-op. Uh, if you can have your homeboy or homegirl or home Z playing with you. Um, I, I think that makes it a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say it, it holds up and, you know, it, 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 it just, it, like David was saying, as soon as you play it, it's just going to take you just right back to being on the couch, yelling at your mom, trying to <laughs> keep playing your video game, waiting for the save. It, I, I think it is worth, however, with the caveat, if we're comparing it to the other Mario games, I think this one is only fun when you're revisiting it uh, in co-op. Okay. All right. Cool. Sure. Cool. Nick, what do you think? So I think it's an interesting discussion because it's it's not like, um, you know, obviously it, it doesn't necessarily compare to games of today with all the various technological leaps that we've made. But I think it's it's not even really equivocal to that, right? It's sort of like how apples and oranges are both fruit. But, you know, we have the whole phrase about apples and oranges. It's like 
it's not so much like it's a like it was like a P- PlayStation One error, like um, Polygon, like 3D, whatever video game, and that we just got exponentially better with like the latest Call of Duty or whatever. It's the the pixel aspect of it is like it's it's it might be of its time back in the early 90s, but it isn't necessarily irrelevant today, especially when compared to the various other pixelated renaissances that we've been having, like Hyperlight Drifter and other games that I can't name because I don't know them at all, um, but I'm sure they exist. So in that respect, I think Super Mario World totally has a place in today. I don't think the game has become irrelevant. And I think that by the nature of games, there's something there for someone. Like if you're like a heavy story-based person, like you're not going to get that. You can probably come to a lot of your own conclusions like I've started to um, with my 100-chapter Mario fan fiction. <laughs> um, but um, but at the same time, like it's it's from a historical aspect and just from an experience aspect, I do think that it could be worth revisiting now. Yeah. I think historically, obviously, this game has a, a ton of significance uh, and really shines that way. I think it's still fun. I think that's a very important thing where a lot of older video games are just frustrating. Uh, this one, I still have a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to, like Rishi, I kind of have a little bit of a caveat on it, and that is there is an ability the Switch gives you where you can uh, hit the two shoulder buttons and you will open up basically snapshots of the, the entire time you've been playing. Uh, which allows you to like go back, you know, however far into the level you want. And that is choice because there were so many times where I died because I did something stupid. And I'm like, I don't want to go through the rest of the level and get back to this point. So I'm just going to hit that. I'm going to go back a little bit and I'm just going to do that and know where the enemy is going to be and just dodge it and bam. Um, I think for someone like me now who was in my 30s and played this when I was a kid and don't have the same time and drive that I did then, like that feature made this, I think, so much more enjoyable for me. I think the version on the Switch, uh, like Rishi said also with the with the co-op, like they, they've done stuff to uh, to to make it a little bit different and, and accessible in a totally different way. Uh, and they know like, yeah, you're going to want to play this with your friends or they know like you're just going to pick this up. So here's the ability to not die super easy. Um, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, uh, I think I think that makes it way better oh, no. to revisit than uh, just maybe, and I'm sure for some people, you know, they're going to be playing on emulators on their computers and they like it in its purest state. But if you're like uh, me and, and perhaps Rishi and Nick, you know, it's this is like a, a great way to visit it because it it kind of strips away some of those barriers that makes older games difficult to want to sink your time and teeth into. And like being able to save whenever you want also super choice. For sure. Yeah. So that is our thoughts, listeners. That's what we think about Super Mario World. We want to know what you think. Did we get it wrong? Should it stay in the past or be enjoyed more than, you know, even we think? Are we wrong to do it these different ways? You can let us know. Find all the ways to contact us at hitmeonemoretime.com. You can email us, find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, yell at us in your preferred place. Now, before we exit, I have a, a segment that I am not sure how this is going to work out because putting it together, it was far more insane than I ever thought it would be. Uh, if anybody who's listening to this show has ever listened to the show, The Morning Stream, you probably have. They have a segment on there called Babel Royale, where two people go back and forth trying to name things in a certain category. I am, uh, I've taken that and I'm, I'm 
tweaking it a little bit for our purposes. I'm going to call this segment Hit Me a Few More Times. Uh, future editing, David, right. we need to think of uh, we need to think of a sound bite to put in. So whatever you want to put in right here for the stinger for the segment. I can't believe you've done this. I'm sure that wasn't stupid. Now, <laughs> for this, uh, Nick and Rishi, you two are going to go back and forth, and you're going to be naming things uh, that fit this certain topic, and that is video games that have Mario's name in it. Now, there are a few things about this. Number one, only console games, because uh, there's a bunch of like crazy stuff like, you know, Mario teaches typing. So we're going to take that out. It's only going to be console games. It's only stuff with Mario's name actually in it. So like WarioWare Inc., not part of this because it doesn't have Mario's actual name in it. To try and save us some time, uh, we are, if you name one that is part of a series, I'm just going to eliminate that entire series. Uh, so, you know, Super Mario World obviously would be the, the given. So Super Mario World and all of its sequels are taken off the board. Uh, hopefully this won't be cut for time, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, to get us started, I will go ahead and uh, flip a coin that I have sitting right here. Uh, so, Rishi, since you're the guest, you get to call heads or tails. Tails. It is tails. So Rishi will go first. Is everyone clear on the rules? We yell out Mario titles. Yes, but don't yell. Use your inside voices. <laughs> and you'll be going yes. back and forth. So Rishi will start. Okay, so I'm going to use my inside voice. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3! Uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Wait, hold on. All right, hold up. I got I got to be able to track this. Uh, so Super Mario Brothers 3, yes, that eliminates all the Super Mario Brothers games. Super Mario Sunshine, great. Rishi, next. Wait, but does Super Mario Brothers also include, say, like, new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe Wii U? Is that considered in the same series or just like the original, like early Nintendo? I'm Super counting Mario it. Brothers? I'm counting it because if I didn't, there are 153 games for consoles that have Mario's name in it. So I'm going Whoa. to just to eliminate some options. All right. This will be quick because I only know five of them. Go on. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, Mario Odyssey. All right. Nick. Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart. All right. Mario Kart's off the board. Okay, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. All right. Super Mario 64. Yep. Uh, oh, man. Mario and the six gold coins. Oh, boy. Uh, that, so, uh, nope, that's, that, that takes the Super Mario Land games off the board. Oh. That's uh, Super Mario Land 2, six gold coins. I'll, I'm going to count it. Super Paper Mario? Paper Mario games, yep. Ooh. Does Paper Mario get lumped in with Super Mario RPG? Well, no, but you just took that off the board because you mentioned it. Oh, twofer. Oh, okay. Uh, Mario Paint. Mario Paint. Oh, crap. Um, Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis, that's right. Um, Mario S Super Mario Strikers. Yep, any Mario soccer games now off the board. Super Mario um, and uh, wait Mario and Luigi in the Thousand Year Door oh ooh, let me let me check on this one the Thousand Year Door 
does that fall under? That is a Paper Mario game. Oh. It's a paper game? That is a Paper Mario game. Mario and Luigi was its own uh, was its own series, uh, mostly for the DS. But, you know, since you named an incorrect game, I'm sorry, Nick. You're the loser. What else is new? <laughs> uh, well, that makes Rishi our winner. Uh, I swear Nick didn't throw it. Uh, because he is our guest. Just some that you guys could have named but did not. You could have uh, mentioned the Mario versus Donkey Kong or Mario and Donkey Kong games. Mario Party, nobody mentioned. Uh, there's mm. there's also been like seven oh, yeah. Mario and Sonic Olympic games. There's been seven so oh, far? Really? Yeah, they're ma- and they're making one for the, for the 2020 games. No kidding. Yep, there was uh, Mario and Rabbit's Please. Kingdom Battle, as was mentioned oh, yeah. earlier. The Super Mario Maker games. Yep. Oh. Uh, Mario Golf was another one. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was one other one that you guys didn't mention that I thought... Oh, Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario would have oh, been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say, you guys did pretty good. You you named a bunch of them. I'm glad I, I, I made those rules the way I did because yeah. there are so many Mario games. 150 wow or no, not 100 it's 100 just a sorry 104 i don't know why i thought it was 150 um but i think like before i eliminated the non-console games it was like well over 150 that's crazy even even 104 wow yeah and that was like also eliminating like any of the repackages and stuff like that in the future wow yep well very cool that's going to do it for us today this has been a really fun time rishi thank you so much for being on the show and for uh for bringing the the subject yeah thanks for inviting me uh, all listeners if you want more rishi b you can find me at rishib.com or find healthy schmelty at a podcast uh at a podcast oh crap I'm forgetting what they call those podcatcher Podca- catcher podcatcher there we go (laughs) look at that rishi is such a pro he does his plugs without even being prompted nick do you have (laughs) anything that you want to prompt before we're out of here uh well normally i try to come up or fumble through some sort of um dumb thing that you can find me at because i'm usually nowhere um but i uh am on twitter at at nick um there's really nothing on it yet but stay tuned because i will find things to put there very that cool. are hopefully interesting. They hopefully. will be. Nick's a cool guy, guys. You should you should go and and gals and everyone in between, uh, and everyone outside of that. Uh, I think that includes everyone and Yoshi's. Uh, so give Nick a, a follow. See what he's up to. As <laughs> as for me, you can find me on the internet under the username Davluz. That is D A V L U Z. You can find the show at hitmeonemoretime.com. That will have all of our socials and ways to contact us there uh, another thanks to our guest rishi for being here a big thanks to nick for being here and a thanks to you listener for listening and remember you can't move forward if you're always looking back we'll see you next time on hit me one more time hey!